Welcome back to another installment of Frizz and the Grizz podcast. My name is Trudeau. Thank you for joining us today. As always, my sidekick in action, D Frizz himself. What's up, buddy? What it do, baby? Happy fucking Monday. Whew. Happy Monday indeed. This is episode number four, I believe, man. Can you believe that there's four in the books already? Yes, sir, man. A full month down? Crazy to think, man. Um, I'm appreciative of all of this. Everybody that's able to watch, listen, tune in live, or even the day after, even even after that, uh, catching us on YouTube or anything. Man, all, all the fans, everybody that's commented, everybody that's subscribed, liked, commented, all that, all appreciated, all love, man. Yeah, every comment, every single comment, I love and I appreciate it. So you guys are what make the show special. So keep it up, keep following, subscribe and review, and doing all that good stuff. Hey man, last night, last time we met, we talked fantasy football and I had my draft since then. And I swear to God, man, everything I said for advice went completely out the window once the clock started. <laughs> <laughs> I went completely against what I told people to do. And I, I'm still happy with the draft, but man. Uh, well, you, you get into that like zone and then like the timer, especially if you do like a, an online draft oh, yeah. where like you got, you know, 30 seconds for round one or like, you know, a minute for round seven. You're just like, dude, everything that I was, I was planning for. Somebody picked someone out of order they weren't supposed to. Somebody went way, you know, faster or somebody is still on the board. You're like, I don't know what the hell to do. Um, but this year, I feel like I feel like both of my drafts really good, really solid. I know everybody says that, but like I feel real good about both of them this year. Hell yeah. And I feel like if you're a listener, you're probably feeling good after listening to our special. I feel like we got you. I feel like we got you. And by the way, I got your boy, man. You you convinced me, Chris Olave, <laughs> part of the squad. Part of the squad. You know, to tell you the truth, and this is all honesty, the amount of people that have texted me saying that they picked up Olave because of this is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it might only have been four, but that's four people that were listening. That's four that drafts like, that you ruined. Yeah, like I got to actually affect that, like text me after like, yo, I just picked up Olave. <laughs> I just oh, laughed man. after. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, got him. <laughs> I, hey, solid pick. You know what I mean? I don't know when he got drafted, but and I think even in one of mine, I picked him up, and you could see like all the messages, like, "Oh, there he goes." It was going to be one of those, you know, Saints guys or LSU guys. It's like, hey, man, I took him late. Took him late. We'll be good. Yeah, it's worth the flyer. Yeah. So today we'll do a lot of NBA stuff. There, since we met last time, I feel like it was day after day after day, like a different NBA story broke. I mean, some of it's going to be a little stale because it happened, I think, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But we want a chance to talk about it because we haven't talked a lot of NBA yet. Um, at the back half of the show, we're going to do a little bit uh, NFL preview stuff. So we're going to actually look at betting odds. I think it's a good way to kind of preview the season to see like yep. what the odds makers think will happen and kind of look for value there. And obviously, America's favorite segment will be in there. Frizz is five. Just give the give the fans a little teaser. What are we What are we ranking today? TV oriented. We'll say that. All right, it's, it's, I like it's that. TV oriented. So before we get into the NBA stuff, I did have a little story for you. I, I saved just for for this. Yeah. Did did you see what happened to Poe, the Raven? Don Terry Poe? No, the Ravens mascot, Baltimore oh, Ravens mascot. No, Do you know what happened? No, but I heard somebody got carted off. Is this what okay. the guy you're talking about? I think it was worth bringing up because it's hilarious. <laughs> so uh, they always have little things at halftime to entertain the fans, and at the Ravens preseason game, the preseason finale. 
they had like a mascot scrimmage. So the mascots played a Pop Warner team in, in tackle football. Yeah, they usually like stiff arm all the little kids. And yeah, whatnot. the mascots usually just go to town on these children, stiff arm them, and just, nope, not today. These kids wanted revenge. <laughs> Please don't tell me that someone took his knee out. Oh, yes. So, some kid got <laughs> oh, Poe in the back. They want they want that strip sack from the back. The The mascot went flying forward. They had to cart him off the field. Oh. He tore his ACL. Oh, hate to see it. But that kid will never let that moment down for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, that kid, that kid went beast mode, man. And you know what? Good for him because there's so yeah. many times where those mascots just wail, like grown men wailing on those children. Mm-hmm. Like the Stanford tree. Yes. That that little mother. He, like every every time he's on the field, it's just like a sweep left. And then as soon as someone gets near the Christmas tree, bang, stiff arm. Little kids don't got a chance. Or the duck from Oregon, hate them. That dude's hate, mean. Don't the hate Oregon them, ducks. But like they just they beat up it's all, always, all the little kids. The Michigan Spartan, too. Watch out for him. He's mean. He's, mean. <laughs> he's buff. That yeah, don't mess with that Spartan. All right. So let's get right into the NBA stuff. Is there? We had three topics in the NBA we want to talk about. I'm going to give you the choice of where you want to go first. There's three to go to. Well, just to get it done enough with, because I got to get it off my chest. I don't understand. Is that it? What the hell? Yes. <laughs> I don't understand what the Lakers are doing. Look, I get that you want to menace on your team. You'd rather have them than have you know go against them. So I get that part. But now it now Russell one of them is going to play. One of them is not going to be there. Like Russell Westbrook has to be out now. He's not going to come off of the bench. Like to, to Pat Bev of all people, they literally hate each other. Like yeah. the locker room already is is a mess. And like you bring in Pat Bev, and it's just like they they talk during games, after games, like right at each other. And it's like you just messed messed up the locker room by bringing him in. And like I'm kind of on Russie's side now because like I my my beef is like statistics. You know what I'm saying? Like it has everything to do with on the court, but what they're doing off the court with them, like now I have an issue, like get rid of the man, stop playing with his life. You know what I'm saying? Trade him or or don't bring in Pat Bev. Like now there's an issue in the locker room. That's going to be for years. Mm -hmm. It's not just this season. Like I'm, I'm a Laker for life. So like I'm thinking 10, 15 years down the road, it's like people are going to like organization is going to do this. Like that type of stuff is going to make it so people don't want to go there. Can you explain to people who are uninitiated, like the origin of the beef between Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook? Cause they do have like a history and there's a legitimate reason why Russell Westbrook wouldn't want to be friends or even a teammate with Pat Bev. Right. I, I mean, I don't know the exact, I know okay. that they just beef on the court. Do you want to know the, the, the origin yeah. of that? All right. So this goes back many years. I think this was back when Russ was part of the wizards and it was one of those plays where, you know, you see guys could dribble up the court all the time and like they're half-ass dribbling and they're looking mm-hmm. at the ref like, hey, I'm going to call a timeout. You know, because like it's a, it's a thing that happens to all the time. Yep. Yeah. So it's like uh, honor code between players like, hey, they're going to call a timeout, whatever. We'll, we'll get near them and then they'll call a timeout. So Russell's dribbling up the court, looking at the referee, going to call a timeout. Pat Bev comes in like a hawk and like goes for a swipe. But the thing about Pat Bev, if you know him as a player... Like, yeah, he's, he's not just going for the steal. What's that? He's not just going to go for the steal. I don't think he has ill intention. I don't think he's a bad guy, but I think he's just reckless with his body. Like, he'll just throw himself around. And he got real close and actually clipped Russell Westbrook. I think it was his knee. And Russell Westbrook missed two months straight after that. So, like, mm. he, there is definitely a reason why he would dislike 
Pat Bev. And now they've, they've held that beef for a very long time on the same team. It's going to be weird to see if they can coexist. I personally think this is just a sign that the, the what Russell Westbrook saga and the Lakers are it's done. Over. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, they can't keep him again. Stop playing with the man's life. Like let him go somewhere so that he can start fresh season starts in literally two months. It's not that far away anymore. Like it, it's all it's September end of October is when the season starts. Like let him get acclimated wherever he needs to go. Stop dangling trade over somebody's head. Cause like that should affect that. That affects you as a player. Like, you just like, all right, am I here? Or am I not here? Like, is my key going to work when I go to the, when I go to the stadium? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm trying to find destinations for Westbrook at this point. Cause I think the whole dream, the Lakers dream of getting Kyrie for Westbrook is that's dead in the water because as soon as KD said, he's going to stay, I think yep. the Kyrie thing is either at least going to ride out this year. And then it's like, is there a bad team with a disgruntled player that has a contract? You can kind of, match to to get Westbrook and make the make the move I I could see potentially like a like a bad team that just wants to accumulate draft picks like take the salary dump for a year Mm -hmm. but even then it's like there's not a lot of great fits and there's not a lot of the the problem is with Westbrook he has that super max extension so you need to trade away a significant amount of salary and if you're a rebuilding team you're not going to trade away young players so it has to be a rebuilding team with a High salary exactly. guy. It's tough to yeah. find a match. I have you looked at like potential suitors? There's not a lot. I'll tell you that. There, if anything, the only reason why it would have worked out with um with the Nets is because they would have threw they would have had to throw in Seth Curry's contract. So it's like two, Kyrie being the big star. Seth Curry not. I mean, he's still a star. You know what I'm saying? He's, but he's good. Not, he's he's good. He's good. But like, it would have been more of his his salary because I think well, it would have added Seth- THT with it too. Oh no, no, he did get traded to the Nets. I mean, Seth's a valuable player. He's a plus. He's a plus contract yeah, guy. He's a good role player. At this point, like, do they just straight out cut Westbrook and release him? And you'd rather have him. It, like, they don't care about the. I do because it's gonna produce results on the court when these two hate each other. But like, they'll if they keep him, they'll play him, and they'll just have beef on the court. Like, it'll be that bad because you can't cut him paying his salary off isn't going to do anything like you're still in, you need to get something in return because if they dump his salary and they just pay him out buy him out like yeah. that's 40 million dollars and you get nothing in return you got to trade him yeah or play him and if you play him it's just a terrible situation it's a tough situation i mean i'm not i don't feel bad for the lakers because you know screw the lakers <laughs> yeah. nothing's better yeah. than than watching the lakers suffer but i mean i don't know what they're going to do with westbrook i mean the pat bev thing makes things infinitely more complicated. I don't think the move made the Lakers any better. Um, and It didn't move the needle. No. And it's not even a future, because uh, I looked ahead, obviously, just to make sure. It's not something that helps them in the future either, because like they just they extended LeBron to try to you know save some more money. He's not going to be a free agent next year, which is good. And then you look at the list of free agents for next season, and you're just like, who's going to sign with LA? There's no top tier stars. Kyrie, like maybe, but mm. like you could have just got him this season if that's the case. And you got like players, like I think it's like Middleton and Harden, both on player options. Yeah. They don't have to go anywhere. So there's no real free agent market next year. So I don't understand. Like I said, I don't understand the long game with it. It's, it's a very confusing trade to me. Very confusing. Yeah. I don't see any potential suitors. I mean, I think Middleton's probably loyal loyalist. He'll probably stay in Milwaukee. And then Harden, mm-hmm. while he's a free agent, I think, the word has it in NBA circles that there was some sort of under the table deal with him and the 76ers to keep him around. So I don't think he's going anywhere anyways. 
maybe you get Kyrie, but that still seems like a mess. I at this point, I don't see any way out of this for the Lakers. Like they're just in a position where they're going to at best be a four seed and get kicked out in the second round. There's just no way out. I don't see any outs. They are what they are. They are, and they're going to be that for I'd say another five years. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And then after that, I mean, you guys are screwed. nothing. Nothing. Yeah, there's no draft capital. There's granted the only thing that we can hope for is lebron does something to get a younger player in before he leaves that's the only thing you can help you can help hope for and granted i just revisionist history you have to look into it the boy that's down in orlando number one picks tend to go to i know it's your boy but paulo bonchero Number one picks tend to go from Orlando to LA. It's just the history. Y'all had Shaq. Look what happened. Y'all had Dwight. Look what happened. Now you got Paulo. I'm just saying, Lakers. Lakers fans just automatically think that he's coming to LA in five years. That's all I know. That's yeah, I mean, if you look at the recent number one picks, I think everyone in recent memory resigns that second contract because that team that drafts you can give you so much more money. So much. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's no. There's there's probably no way he leaves until after eight years or something. Um, he's gone after five. Don't worry. The, yeah. And I do think like people like yourself who are being optimistic about the Lakers are like, well, LeBron has this effect where he can bring guys in. I don't think he's that dude anymore. I think players would likely go elsewhere and play with like a Giannis, maybe a Tatum, like someone else. I don't think LeBron is that guy anymore where he can just draw players. I mean, look at the past couple of years in the buyout market. They're not getting anyone. So I think that it's very telling. It's, it's not just him, though. It's the team itself. The team is in shambles. The coaches, they're in and out. It's a revolving door. Um, ever since, unfortunately, you know, Jeannie Buss took over and, and Rob Blake oh. and all them, it's been a – when it when it was Mr. Buss, it was fine. But, like, since Jeannie was there, granted, they got a championship. They sold out for it, so they got it. But they just yeah. – they set him back for quite some time because of it. Did you see what happened with her a uh, couple – I don't know, maybe a month ago with her Twitter account getting hacked? She tweeted. I know she tweeted something. PS fives. No, someone something else. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> someone so, tweeted some, about PS five. Someone hacked her Twitter account. Jeannie Bus, right, the oh, owner boy. of the Lakers. Yeah. And basically, she was tweeting out like, with you know, the hack was tweeting out, "Hey, like, I'm selling PS fives for charity. Like, DM me." That's <laughs> terrible. People were DMing her and sending her money. <laughs> so they're oh. sending. So they're sending money <laughs> to a scammer. Thinking they get a PS5 and was going to charity. Oh man, yeah, that's who's that's running the crazy. Lakers right there. Yeah, can't. Uh, it ain't good. So much fun. All right, so we we did allude to another team, another name in the Laker conversation, and I think the natural segue is to talk a little bit about what happened with KD because we were talking what episode two, and it's been the talk the NBA offseason. Like, hey, KD's KD wants out. He's going to be on another team. And then just this week, it's like, no, we're all good. Like, we're happy. We'll stay. Run it back. I don't know what happened. Do you have any idea? Do you have any theories? I don't, and I don't want to guess on it. I just know that, God, this mess in Brooklyn is just, it's so annoying. It's just, I don't know if it's, like you said, a happy marriage, if it's just they don't want to get all, you know get everything done and over with so that they can just be done with Kyrie next year. Who knows? But they should have just ended this when we started talking about it, you know, month, weeks ago. We say, look, you're under contract. You're not going anywhere. Like, play the damn game. You wanted these players here. Then you wanted people out, and we got more players for you. Just play. And, I mean, 
I, I don't know. I, I froze, uh, so I don't know if you if you touched on something about um about Kyrie or anything like that. Like I got my reasons as to why this whole thing started. It is rumor based. Um, but you know, that's that's just Brooklyn right now. They're a mess, but they're a mess that is the potential of winning the East, which is weird to think of. Yeah, I would be a little more I would be more team KD if like he came out and just like, hey, this is the reason why I'm upset and I'm sticking by that. But like the entire time he didn't say much. It was rumored about the Kyrie Irving contract thing. That didn't change, and he's still back. So I don't really know why he's disgruntled. I think at this point, though, what happened is the Nets just hardballed him. They're like, hey, we have your contract. What are you going to do about it? Like He's like, well, fire the coach. They're like, nah. Give Kyrie a contract. <laughs> nah. <laughs> like, I want, I'm want. i not going to play. Okay, don't play. And he's just like, fuck, they're not falling for any of this. So yeah. his they called his bluff. Yeah. Even if it wasn't a bluff, they just said, look, man, you're on you you side with us. Play the damn game. I mean, the one interesting thing that came out of it at the very end was so they put out a joint statement like saying, Hey, we're coming running back, like we're all good now. We've worked out our differences. And it was co-signed, it was the Nets in the boardroom, which is if you're familiar, it's KD's like media company. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they're like offering him some sort of like media play in this, like something to make him happy for the time being. But it seems like it's a happy marriage for now. And and you alluded to it, like low key. This team's this team's roster is really good still, low key. Like Yeah. It, it it's, that's not low key, man. That's their one if they if they're level headed, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like if they're level headed and they just play the game, show up and play. That's a tough team, man. Like Joe Harris coming. We're just talking so, about the role players. Joe Harris yeah. coming off of injury. Seth Curry coming off of you know a really good role playing season, like where he's jumped into the the starting role in certain games. If and when Ben Simmons is actually back, he's now the third, fourth option, not uh, the second. You didn't even mention like, their two additions. Do you know that they added TJ Warren, TJ Warren, and Royce O'Neal? No. Bubba Warren? <laughs> I mean, it's, I lost. I lost touch with him ever since the bubble ended. He missed but, all hey. of last year with injury, essentially, and I, he has. He's been, Royce out of Utah is good. Royce man. is like, solid. Like if you yeah. don't know, like if you're not an avid NBA fan, like Royce is solid. He plays good defense, and he can he can splash the three. Like he's an ideal three and three and D. Like him and Joe Harris, like as three and D guys, really solid. And you know what? I actually think they're better now than when they had the three of Harden, uh, KD, and. Um, Kyrie, because if you look at those three, their one weakness that everyone picked on was, man, they were so bad defensively. And yep. Ben Simmons, while he does have a ton of flaws in his games, he, I think he's multiple time all, you know, all defensive NBA first defense, team. Yep. Yeah. And he, he's finished as a runner up to the deep boy. So that dude can play defense. So th- this team, it's weird. I feel like they are the team with the highest variance. They could finish the seventh seed and I could be like, yep, that makes sense. They could finish in the one seed. I'd be like, yep, that makes sense. So it exactly. just depends if they're going to show up to play Ben Simmons and Kyrie. And like, can you depend on their consistency? Yeah, that's that's literally the name of the game for Brooklyn there. And I like that comment there, too. You never know. And to tell you the truth, it's, it's, there's some there's some weight behind it with the KD part. Kyrie is just the nuisance and annoying but like we all know how KD is with the media and he, the way that he does troll via Twitter or even just like the comments that he says. But like, it's it's so weird to think that the team that has the most controversy is actually one of the best teams in the NBA. They just need to have a level head. And granted, everybody says, "Well, they got Kyrie; they're not going to have a level head." 
If he does, he is one of the most dominant one-on-one ball players in the yeah. NBA. Like he will go off for 50 like that. A blink of an eye, and you're like, oh my God, he's got 30 in the first half. He's also not a terrible defender. He gets a lot of steals. Passing lanes. Yeah. yeah. He he plays off ball really well. And that's that's like you said, defense is huge. And I know that I I cut Ben in our in our segment back in the day, but like that's a defensive problem. Six ten, yeah, can cover literally one through five. We he doesn't need to. Everybody can clown him for not shooting. He doesn't need to in Brooklyn. Yeah, literally doesn't have to touch the ball on offense. I think personally, the best way to utilize Ben in Brooklyn, if you just imagine who they roll out as a starting five, um, they don't really have a true center. They have Nick. I like Nick Claxton, but he's not like a guy you got to play on the floor. If mm-hmm. if I'm the Nets, I'm rolling out like Kyrie, KD, Ben Simmons. Uh, Royce O'Neal and Seth Curry, and I'm playing Ben Simmons as like my five. Let him just play in the paint. Just just yep. pick and roll with Ben Simmons. You don't need a true big. I mean, he's big enough to to get boards and play down low. And then if you're if you're if he's like your unofficial five, you don't need him to thread the floor. Very true. Pick, high pick and roll, uh, not even high pick and roll. Off ball screens and yeah. backdoor cuts. Because if like you said, if you have him running up against those Rudy Gobert. Was Rudy Gobert going to stay in the paint? That's fine. Then you're just going to run a pick and roll with him to switch. Yeah. And, and, and Well, yes, you're right. If he does go against, appreciate the comment, Ty. Uh, if he does go against true centers, Jokic, Embiid, um, right. Giannis, like if he goes against those players, then it's, that's, that's going to be a matchup hazard. It's but, all situational, though. You're going to yeah, play 90% different. of the NBA doesn't have those three players. Like those three are the best at their position. Um, and Philly's also got their issues on offense. So, like, it's it's gonna be situational. Yeah. I'm intrigued with the way that the top five projected teams for East and West are gonna actually turn out. Um, I think it's gonna be a fun NBA season. Yeah, and I just wanted I, I was trying to make the point like I don't think you're gonna play Ben Simmons as your center every night, but in certain matchups you absolutely can, mm-hmm. and it's gonna hide his weaknesses. As much as yep. people don't like Ben Simmons because he's afraid to shoot, doesn't necessarily have to shoot if he's going to play very good defense. And God for and he and, and he's low key is a very good low post scorer. That's so, the thing. That's what I'm saying. If you switch on him, yeah, he's bullying everybody yeah. but a center, and there he's quick enough to maneuver around a center. And I'll make one last point when it comes to like that positionless basketball. We just saw the Golden State Warriors win a championship. Like there were times where Looney was out and Draymond was running the five. And he was bullying Robert Williams. He was bullying Grant Williams. Like that position. Granted, he's a. I think he's a better, obviously, all around defensive player. But like, you can win in situations with those style of matchups. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all to be seen because we haven't even seen Ben Simmons take the floor in like yeah, a year years. and a half, two years. <laughs> so he might not even play. I have no idea. And, and just another point is just like that Eastern Conference man is really good, despite the Nets yep. being that talented. The Celtics. Probably the betting favorites in the East. The Heat just made it to the conference finals. The Bucks are very, very good. That Eastern Conference, man, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that, not at all. All I right, like Boston. Yeah, man, the Celtics. That was a shot. I just had, to, I had to throw that shot in there. You don't like Boston? No, can't stand them. Like, I'm an just, LA fan. What do you mean I don't like Boston? I'm asking, do you They're, not like them? Like out of just all right, outside reasons? of bias, I think they have a talented team. Um. If this were the time frame where we were going to say it, well, I got something to say. I'll save it for another episode. But, like, I got an extremely hot take when it comes to that team. We'll hold off on it. But it's something that's – I think Boston 
will be will be good, but there's something that's holding them back, and we you know we can hold off on that. What is it? I'd love to know. You want to go now? Yeah. Hot take, sounder if you had it, but we don't need it for now. Jalen Brown is the better player on the Boston Celtics. That's Their blasphemous. T- the player that's holding that's them back. Man. The player that's holding them back right now is Jason Tatum. Not he, granted, it's just the playoffs. It's just the finals. He had a horrendous, absolutely horrendous finals. Jalen Brown is one of, if not the most consistent players in the NBA. Bro, he couldn't dribble he in no the playoffs. It, Are you kidding me? Jalen Brown? Dude, he dribbled off his foot every time he cha- every chance he got, dribbled right off his foot. You crazy. He got to the hole when he wanted to. He averaged, I'm pretty sure, well, plus 20 in the finals against any matchup that he had. Like, miss me with it, man. Like, I, th- this th- Tatum's a Tatum, one a, one a, B. A. He's not, he's not a one A. He's not that guy. Not yet. Dog, Can you're he be? Crazy. I don't know, but we keep saying that he's an he's an 18 year old. He's the youngest prospect. He's not a he's prospect. He's in the league anymore, five years man. now. He's good, right? But like he's good. He finished he's the second good. Half, the second half of that year. If he did what he did in the second half the whole year, he'd be the league MVP. No, no if he doubt did about what it. What he did in the second no half doubt about of the it. NBA, no doubt in the about playoffs, it. they would have won the championship. He was fantastic, but instead he turned he, it no, over. No, 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 no. He missed. was fantastic in the first three series. He was fantastic in the first three series, and then in the finals. You find out afterwards. I think someone could help me in the chat. Maybe Ty. He oh, like don't a, bring up the he injury. A, Do not he had a broken, bring up the injury. A broken something oh, in his hand goodness. or whatever. Like the man. Cody Bryant played with a broken index finger and didn't say a damn thing until the season was over. All right, I'm just no, saying. No, no. Actually, it's, he didn't even say anything. People found out. Basically, he didn't go to the media and say he had a broken finger. Basically, you're, let me just state injury, your point real quick. So your point is that Jason Tatum was great all year. And in most of the playoffs, because he had a bad finals, he's trash. And Jalen Brown's no, better. I didn't say he was trash. I said Jalen Brown is better than him. I did. I did, did not say see, he was trash. Did you see Jalen Brown? I said Jalen Brown is the better player of those two. Right I want. Now. I want you to look up how many turnovers Jalen Brown had in those. And then add the thirty and you finals, have Jason Tatum. And in the playoffs, he had so many. And then damn you turnovers. add right, and then you add thirty, and you had Jason Tatum. Because Jason Tatum, broke regardless the record from of most your Celtics hatedness, listen, I I am actually. Not the biggest Celtics fan, despite rocking a Celtics jersey right now. <laughs> but like you're talking about a team that just went to the NBA Finals, right? They were the Let's betting favorites. They were the betting favorites in the finals. Granted, they lost to the Warriors, and they added Malcolm Brogdon, like a fantastic defensive uh, guard. Like this team is only better than they were last year, and they were a Finals team. I didn't say that they were a bad team. I said I think you said you Jaylen wouldn't Brown take you said you wouldn't take the Celtics like you were not on the Celtics this year to be what do do a good job. No, I no, no, no I if I didn't remember saying that. I said okay. that the Celtics uh, yeah, I, the Celtics are a good team. I think the player that's holding them back with all of his hype is Jason Tatum. I think Jalen Brown is the better player. That's uh, that's a hot take. I wish I had the sounder for that cuz that that is as hot <laughs> as as the takes get, man. We'll see. And we learned yeah. Time we're, will we're, tell. Time will tell. But I, I, I guarantee you, man, you're going to see uh, Jason Tatum again this year, finishing with an all NBA team, whether it's second again, or I don't even know if he was first or second, but he's going to finish he's, an all NBA yeah, team. I think he was first. Yeah, that's that's the player you want over Jalen Brown, who wasn't even an all star, but okay. All NBA can be a popularity contest. Just realize <laughs> that Jalen Brown is, has outperformed him in, in key situations. I'm, I'm just saying, it's the tr- proof is in the pudding. In key games, not, in key situations. 
Jason Tatum does become a ghost, and you can use the you can use the NBA Finals as an example. Granted, he played like dog crap, right? First NBA Finals, you can use that as an excuse. They may not make it back. It is really hard. It's hard, to make it yeah. Back no, it's NBA. hard. I, I don't it, disagree. It's even extremely hard to make it back as the runner-up. The like, thing I like about their chances, though, making to the finals is I think that the one thing that carries over from year to year is like defense. And especially if you have a scheme that everyone is familiar with and can gel into. And that's what carried the Celtics was that defense. It wasn't one player getting hot and carrying a team offensively. It was a collective. I think forget Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Really, the Celtics hope relies on Time Lord. If Time Lord's healthy and can play that team, the sky's the limit. But when that guy's not out there, it's tough, man, because playoff alley ain't going to happen again. Like, I know we all as Celtics fans was big on Al Horford this year. I don't think you're going to see that again, so you, you need to have time out there. I love how we just got into a random Celtics uh, spat out of nowhere. I like it. Yeah. Go, I like it. I all like right, it. so let's wrap up the NBA. There's one more thing we want to talk about from this week, and we I think we disagree on this one as well. I feel like this yes. was a good intro with the Celtics to get our disagreement, you know, get warmed up. But it, I think it was on the Chet Holmgren thing, right? Yeah, I'm. I'll I'll start. You can you can go off too. I am. I'm a huge fan of this not being a thing anymore. I I like that you want to get these this man. I like that you want to get college players, you know, ready for the NBA, right? Pro am games, all that. I hate the fact that this player being a top five draft pick is now not going to see an NBA court for a season because of an off-season injury. Like, you want to get the experience? Sure. He hasn't trained as an NBA player yet, meaning he hasn't hit the regimen. He hasn't hit the the, the weight room the same way that, like, NBA training. Like, it's the off-season. They're still doing their own workouts and whatnot. That's why they hit up the Pro-Am. But when they get to the Pro-Am, they get absolutely bullied. And now we got an injury of him out for the whole season, like, I like that you're trying to improve your game. I don't like the fact that you just cost your team. Not saying that the Thunder were going to be the number one seed, right? But what I am saying is that they no longer have their first round pick because of something outside of the NBA season. We could have seen the same thing happen with Paulo when you know when they played against. <laughs> don't Deontay you put Murray. that juju like, on me. I don't. I'm want just that. saying, like you're putting all these rookies, like th- they have the keys to the organization, and now he's gone for the season. For something that he didn't step on an NBA court, I dislike it. So I'm not saying that they need to put it in contracts, but like I'm just not a fan of it, man. So like, is your disagreement just that they are rookies? So are you fine with any like a second year player going out and doing pro amps? It's just the rookies. Yes. Okay. Interesting. I don't. I don't. I don't know how to rebuttal that because like for me, if you're a hooper, you're gonna hoop. Like it's not like. It's not like baseball where you're just in the offseason maybe taking swings. Like You're not going to get hurt bat- at like working on your swing and batting. I mean, you could, but it's it's le- less likely. So get, become better at basketball. Yeah, you can shoot in an open gym, but like that's not going to prepare you for an actual NBA season. Like To be prepared physically, you're going to have to ball. Um, and, and that's what he did. He was just doing what he does. And granted, we're making a big deal out of Chet getting hurt, but... Would we care if it was a 56 overall pick? Would we care if it was a second rounder, a late first rounder? We're just making a big deal because it's a name we know, and it's a guy that like we were already kind of worried about because of his frame. I don't know. I, I see. I just saw this past weekend the Celtics lost a rooster, right? Gallinari, he just hurt himself playing FIBA. So like, let me ask you, if Chet was playing for Team USA um, in some sort of international competition, is that okay? Like, where's the line? I'd have the same problem. I'd have the same problem. That, like, 
if you're spending the draft capital, like they traded to get these picks is what I'm saying. Like they, they made moves before it wasn't just, they had the number one pick, you know what I'm saying? No, like the first round pick, like teams are moving all this capital before these players even get to their team to then draft them for them to not be there. Mm -hmm. Like get, like get on the NBA core after that season, do your thing. You played a year, you played, you played And I get like, I get that he played up against, I think the play was even against LeBron. Yeah, LeBron I think LeBron went to the lane and like bodied him. And like he's got to get used to that. I understand that. I get used to it while you're on an NBA court. Is all I guess. I'm I guess my my issue with it is just like we're picking we're picking apart the situation just because it was a, a pro am. Like if it was a preseason game or game one of the NBA season and the same thing happened, like we're not upset. So right. I just don't understand what the distinction is. Like maybe you can make the point, hey. At the Pro-Am, the facility isn't up to par as an NBA arena. Or maybe if um, someone slipped on sweat, because you know, like you have the sweat guys at the NBA court side mm-hmm. to swap them off. If it was one of those, I get it. But it was just a basketball play. It could have happened anytime, anywhere. And even if he wasn't you know, hurt playing the game of basketball, we see it in football all the time. Guys training in the offseason, doing cone drills, whatnot, like getting their body in shape, tearing ACL. So... Like injuries Tyree are unfortunate. Yeah, Tyree Cohen. There you go. Like injuries are unfortunate. It, they're part of the game. And whether it's a pro am, whether it's lifting weights in your garage or or shooting jumpers, like you know, it's going to happen. And I just think we're all making a big deal because it was at a pro am and not something else. I don't. I, know. I, I feel you. I'm not saying that I disagree with you. I just me personally, me personally, with with the way that the NBA is, where like you're one player away at any team one player can literally change their franchise. Yeah. Granted, they already have young players. You know what I'm saying? Um, Josh Gideon, I think it was their Josh player Gideon. last year. He's nice think. out of Australia. Yeah. Nice. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they had, they have it set SGA up too. young talent with the end. Yeah. And shy, like they have young talent. And it's like, who knows if <laughs> that piece would have been to get them, you know, from a lottery pick to this year's Pelicans. Hey, you see what we, I'm saying? Can we like, be honest about the, the uh, thunder though. L- low key. Uh, Sam Presti is like happy about this because he loves himself a good lottery pick. Like he's he's all about tanking. Like the tank's already on. Tankathon 2023 has already started, man. I don't even know who's gonna be coming out oh, next year's draft. Dude, this draft is really, really, really good. It's like a generational draft. The number one pick, Victor Wembanyama. Wembanyama, he is from France. He I think he's seven foot one with like a seven foot five wingspan. Uh, he's mm-hmm. essentially Rudy Gobert, but that can shoot and has no issue with pick and roll. And he's from France. He's fantastic. And then there's another guy, Scoot Henderson. Like this, I've heard of Scoot. This, I have heard of him. This is what I've been told. The top four guys in this upcoming draft all would have been number one this past year. Easily, hands down. And maybe the year to look into it's it. really good. So like, if you're going to be a bad team, this is the year you want to be a bad team. Yeah, Ty, Ty knows. Right. Well, I mean, hey, maybe, I, I I don't follow college hoops or high school into college hoops as yeah. much. I'm more of a like a football, you know, guru for it. Yeah. Um, the only name that I know that might be coming out was like I think his name was Amani Bates or something like that. He was supposed to be like the next LeBron. Um, I don't know if he fizzled out or anything like that. So I have to look into it. It's just that's and I, I the redshirt thing is cool, but like let the redshirt happen in an actual season. He's not you know gonna play. 
this year. No, he won't. You, you can't play him. You, you can't rush him back, no matter what. Yeah. Even if he's healthy, yeah. game 60, what's that going to do? Potentially hurt him for next year. Like, no, just save him. Yo, I just feel bad for, for – I, I, so it's shy. I always thought it was Shea for some reason. So it's shy, Gilders Alexander. I know a shy, so okay. it might be Shea. We'll go with we'll – It's we'll spelled go, the same way. We'll go with shy. Uh, I just feel bad for him because I think I don't know what year he's entering, like four or five in his in his uh, NBA career. He he's a solid player, and the the Thunder are just taking his career and just throwing it in the trash can with all this tanking. I feel bad for him. Yep, hate to see it. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Chet, like I was down on Chet going into this whole process. Like I did not like him in the draft. I just think he's too small of a frame, and unfortunately, like I can't be proven wrong or right because. I'm not going to take injury as a, as a victory there. Like maybe he comes back. Maybe he uses the year to like bulk up and put some muscle on. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be saying the same thing about Zach Wilson. <laughs> That's your guy. He'll be back. <laughs> He'll be back week two, man. Joe Flacco's going to go out there, win week one oh, for, hey, for the Jets versus the Mike Ravens. White looked good. Mike White looked good out there. I know. I like Mike, Mike White. White. Good. They're going to start Flacco. He's already been named the week one starter, which is ridiculous. They're tanking. They're tanking. They're tanking. All right. <sighs> it's time for America's favorite segment. Prepare yourselves for the greatest and most unique segment in podcast history. Let's rank some stuff with D. It's time for Frizz's Five. All right. Coming All right. out hot. So you alluded to it in the beginning of the show. You're doing. You're going to rank something that's entertainment or TV based. So what is our topic for today? So for today, I'm not going to lie, it was a little tougher to figure out segments, uh, what to go for, just because it was a it was a crappy Monday. But it's a better Monday because it's almost over. It's almost Tuesday already. Today we going to rank Frizz's top five comedy TV series. And this is a wide range. This is a wide range for some old heads. It ain't the Cosby's, so no, I don't, you're not gonna say shit like that. But it's a wide range from, you know, me growing up to something that you see today. Number five, let's start this. All right. Big Bang Theory. I'm not giving you a yay for that. I'm disgusted that's Good. on your list. Good. The Big Number Bang Theory, it might be the worst TV bro. show of all time. It might be at dog. The jokes that they have in that show, it's more of the delivery. I don't even understand half the science shit that they say has nothing to do with what they're saying. It's the delivery of what they say, right? <laughs> Sheldon being a I don't care about you. Hey, hold on. I didn't even say it. Let, let me let me clear the throat on this one. I'm sure it's not your top five. It's my top five. Can so, I, yes. Can I say something? What up? I'm legitimately shocked that your list has the Big Bang Theory. Of uh, all shows, I would have... This is five. This is five. It's an absolutely hilarious show. Again, I don't understand some of the shit that they say, but it's the delivery. It's the delivery of someone being a sarcastic asshole and just responding back to somebody with some scientific shit. For me, I laugh all the time I watch that show. So again, it's my five. I don't care about it not being in your top five. That's fine. I number got, four. All right, you you're done with my criticism. Four. Go for it. I would have been done with that one. <laughs> number four, I'm going back in the day with my boy Marty Ma. 
Martin Payne. I don't know what that show is. I don't know what that. You've never seen Martin? No. So it's it's an original TV series with Martin Lawrence, like his first gig outside of like House Party from back in the '90s, like way before Bad Boys, way before all these shows, all these movies that he did. It's him, Tisha Campbell, Tommy Pam, and Cole. Dog, it's absolutely hilarious. They push the envelope on certain things that they say and do. Definitely take a look at it, man, because it's it's Martin Lawrence. It's Martin Lawrence after his whole comedy effect, like on stage, and they actually gave him a show for it. So like, it's absolutely hilarious. And it's all '90s humor too. So like, shit that you could you could say back then or do back then. Nowadays you go, whoa, wait a minute, I, I don't know <laughs> if you can say that on TV. <laughs> so like, Martin Lawrence is as absolutely hysterical. Uh, Tisha Campbell just makes it even better. Obviously, Gina, we all know the relationship. Tom, I mean, that everybody wanted the Martin and Gina relationship. Uh, so that show is in my top five for sure. And it sucks that you've never seen it. Definitely go no, take a I'll look, look at it. I'll look it up, Martin, huh? I'll, I'll give it a look. Got you. Number three. I'm going with Family Guy. Okay. All right. Like I said, wide range. I know it's cartoon, but it's still a TV series. And one of, if not the funniest characters in the history of tv bro it's peter griffin <laughs> i can't <laughs> i can't not laugh at some of the shit that they do in that show when it's either a pushing the envelope you know just a little bit too far or just like some of the animated scenes that they have that just it's absolutely hilarious i could watch it all day every day background literally sit up pull up a bowl of you know cinnamon toast crunch all that and it, it's right it's it's a funny ass show are there other cartoon like comedy shows that you'd put up there that aren't in your like uh, top five cartoon like animated so like similar to family guys so like for example futurama the simpsons bob's burgers Any really. of those I, do it for you i don't watch those no bob's burgers i have check out bob's burgers that's a good one bob's burgers made a movie didn't they i think so yeah yeah it's the yeah. guy from uh, archer i don't know if you're familiar with archer either Archer is a hilarious show. It it's like one of those like if they, if there were more because the first two seasons were great. Yeah. Everything after that was like eh, hit or miss. But like again, the sarcastic asshole like that's that's perfect for for that. I loved I loved Archer, but not my top five. And this is where it got juicy. This is where it got real hard in in figuring out which one to pick. But number two, it's got to be Fresh Prince. It's got to be Fresh Prince in that way. Okay. And it ain't even because of Will. Dog, the funniest characters. First things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil might have been one of the funniest father characters on TV. You put him up there with Bill. You put him up there with Uncle Eddie. No, I don't think it was Eddie. Well, who's the family guy? I mean, um, Family Matters father. Carl uh-huh. Winslow. Like, father figures that were actually hilarious. And then, like, then you got Carlton. Carlton outside of season two, like outside of season one, like when he was too preppy in season one yeah, and then yeah. they had him have some funny, you know, lines, like his comebacks, undeniable. Same thing with Jeffrey. Je- like I-, I had this little thing a while ago. I was like, would I rather have Jeffrey as my butler or would I rather have uh, w- Wilfred? Uh, is, it, is it Wilfred from Batman? Wilfred. Uh, like, Winston? I- no, no, I don't know. I think it's Wilfred. Well, some one of them, like one of them is gonna always be there. Like, oh, you need something? Here you go, Batman. Like, yeah. But like, Jeffrey's always in a crack a joke. Like, this show, was a, 
It cracked out. It didn't matter who you were. So I think that's that's again my top five. Before you get to number one, Alfred, thank you, uh, yep. Higgins. Before you get to number one, like I feel like there's gonna be so many old good omissions. I number one has to be this one show because like it has to be, or I, well, we're never gonna podcast nope. again. It's not, huh? It's not gonna be yours. Damn, bro. No, I, I know for there's a fact so many good shows. So many good shows. There is. It's it's a hard top five. By the no way, lie, if you're just like, joining us, his number five was Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yes, Bruh. it was, and I ain't changing that. I ain't changing it because of Sheldon Cooper, the right. funniest motherfuckers out there. If if number but, if number one is Young Sheldon, I'm gonna punch you through the screen. Can't worry about that. <laughs> but number one, I I can't. Again, it is for me the funniest show that I've ever watched. It's Modern Family. Man, that's tough. And again, look, the reason being, okay, this is this is the reason behind it. Al Bundy on steroids. Like all the stuff that he couldn't get away with, he could get away with with married with children. And now he has those nice little zingers on modern family. Ed O'Neill is the goat. That man has always been hilarious. I see myself as one of those old you know, 60, 70 year olds, like you just don't hate, you hate everything. You hate everybody comes off like that. Cam lo- love characters that aren't gay, that get to play a gay part because they are absolutely hilarious when they do that. I, he's one of the fun. I don't know if you watch it, but Cam in that show, these mannerisms, the things that he does, the things that he says, absolutely hilarious. And then the last one, I think it's the, um, the father, uh, let me, I can't remember. Phil, Phil Dunphy. So the guy from Dawn of the Dead, like that's all I think of is like he was a character in the movie Dawn of the Dead. He was an asshole in that, but like yeah. he's the dummy that the, the dummy real estate agent. Absolutely hilarious. And hey, big sleeper for that one too. That was that was definitely a runner. All right. So I'm not gonna like Modern Family is a solid show. I'm not gonna hate on you with your list. But like these are some shows that you admitted. I want to get your opinion on it. First of all, I don't understand yeah. how you leave the office off of a top five of a best comedy. That, that show is genius, it'll age beautifully forever for all time like i, mm-hmm. I dude every time i watch it just it's just hilarious how you don't like it popular opinion i've never watched an episode of the office dog i'm so happy for you for that because here's the thing Not if you watch one. it it's you'll love it and you have so much so much you have never seen it's fantastic so the thing is i've seen so many snips i've seen so many like memes so many gifs, gifs, however you want to pronounce it, like 50 second clips of that show that like, I don't know if I ever want to watch that show because like I, I've just seen it so much without seeing it. No, that I don't know if I would enjoy it. You'll enjoy I don't know. it. Try, Darian, give it a try. I'll find a good episode. I'll, I'll send you like the link to an episode to watch. It's worth it, man. One episode, like I even hear people saying, like you got to get through the first two seasons. No, no, no. You can just pop in. You can you can just pop in and enjoy the the comedy of it, man. It's it's fantastic. I'll I'll, I'll think about it. You'll think about it. Oh, they all right. Uh, In in a similar vein, the same producer creator of The Office also created Parks and Recreation. Have you ever heard of it? And gave heard about I have heard of it. I haven't watched it, but I have heard of it. And this ain't a disclaimer because, again, it's my five. I don't care about it. I don't watch as much TV as a lot of people may watch. Right. Right. I didn't I don't have Netflix. I don't have Hulu. I don't I don't I I work. I game. I used to play football. 
that was it for a very long time. So like, I have some limited shows, limited taste, but as all entertainers would say, I'm all ears with suggestions. Yeah. Like that's part of the show is like broaden my horizon because I'm not going to lie. Like I could watch the same five shows and be good. Be good well, every single day. So the if thing I was about them. the office too is like, I don't think you need to sit down hardcore and watch from start to finish an episode. Like if you're, if you get the gist of like how some of the stuff works, you can just kind of like pop in and out and just like, Oh, that's funny as hell. And just like come back 10 minutes later. Oh, that's funny as hell. Um, <laughs> this dude, uh, Ty's <laughs> He's got a point, out, but it's not, out. it's not a comedy show. It's, it's the literally dead. one episode means something for the next episode. That's, that's not a comedy. I gave up. I gave up on The Walking Dead. Uh, I watched all of The Walking yeah. Dead until uh, he Negan killed. Uh, spoiler alert: <laughs> Negan killed Glenn, <laughs> and I was like, "Eh, yeah. I'm out already." That changed a lot. It literally changed every, a lot of people's perspective. Uh, all right, just a couple more, really quick. Have you ever watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes. Yeah, and it's there. I have because it, it was oh. daily. Um, what's his name? The little guy, Charlie. Charlie Day. Uh. Yeah, Charlie, it, like that. That is, that's just funny and raunchy, man. It's a good. Yeah, laugh. it's well. I saw the episode where homeboy came out of the car, the the, the couch, all glittered up. <laughs> like, oh, that's it. Just reminding me of like some Ace Ventura shit. You're so, it's, telling it's me that hilarious. Sheldon right. is better like I said, than that. I, I haven't watched it enough. I have watched all those other shows every single episode, which is why I think it's hilarious. And then I like I like the Larry David property. So Seinfeld, the classic, and Curb Your Enthusiasm is, is a good one. So if I was in college, I probably would have voted that because Houghton used to watch that all the time. Big Curb. shouts to you know to A Houghton if he's if he's listening to watching. Um, but like he used to watch it all the time. Larry David's okay, but like it wasn't as funny to me back then. So I don't know if it'd still be funny for me now. Yeah, it was good, man. I, uh, it's good. This might be. Uh, so we did last week, right? We had your Frizz's five, and I put on a, the Twitter poll. And you can get get the Twitter at uh, at true true underscore podcast. But uh, you know, I I put out to the Twitter universe. You know, do you agree with this top five? Is it good or bad? And you got mo- majority thumbs up. They liked your top five uh, when you ranked uh, fast. Was it fast food chains? Fast food last yeah, week. Yep. I don't think it's going to come back so favorably <laughs> this time. I'm just saying that right now. Again. I don't care because it's not your five. It's my top five. All right. Let's close out the show with a little NFL stuff. Um, The season starts not this Thursday, but next Thursday. So we're under two weeks from this kickoff of the NFL season. We were trying to figure out like, what's the best way to kind of preview some of the stuff. instead of like doing like a league preview, we want to just maybe look at NFL betting odds because Basically, it's Vegas telling you what they think is going to happen. Um, so we'll look at it to see if there's any value. Um, so basically, guys that aren't projected as the favorite to win, are there anyone that you can get good good action on where if you bet on them, you can make more money and they we think that they have a chance of winning set award or um, you know if, if it's a team, you know if they can win the Super Bowl or whatnot. So let's start with the player stuff. So the player props, D. Do you want to mm-hmm. start with the big one, the MVP, or do you want to go somewhere else? I like player props. I like. We'll go with the MVP. All right. So we're both working off of DraftKings.com right now, um, mm-hmm. and we'll just we'll just name off the top five, and then you know if there's someone else below the top five, you know we can get into that player. So the top five in order from heaviest favorite to an MVP to lowest, you have Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know Josh Allen's at plus six fifty, which for those who are un- unfamiliar with betting. Essentially, what that means, if you bet $100 on Josh Allen to win the MVP, you would get back $650 if you won that bet. So 
Darian, of that list, um, or the list in general, the whole list, is there anyone that you would personally place a bet on where you think either A, this guy's a lock and he should be a lock as a favorite, or B, like this guy's farther down the board, but I think he has a good chance and it's worth the, the bet? Uh, I'm locking in Josh Allen. Really? I think, that, yeah, this is – and my next comment it has nothing to do with just the show. It's just the situation and circumstance. But Josh Allen right now, he, I think he's about to absolutely blow up this season. And not only just statistic-wise, but it's working in his favor with the media because we all know that awards are kind of popularity contests in certain situations. It doesn't always mean that they're the most valuable player on their team. It means that they were the best player that season, mm-hmm. right? We've seen it happen with a ton of times with Aaron Rodgers where he's not the best player in the league, but he's the best. Sorry. He's not the best player. He's not the MVP of their team where they could still be successful. He, he was gone, but he was the best player that season. Right. And Josh Allen is, I think in, in the prime example, granted, I know it's the favorite, but it, everything is just set up for that team right now for them to finish 13 and 3 13 and 4 you know 12 uh 14 and 3 whatever how many games they play i think it's 17 now like just for them to have you know 40 passing touchdowns 10 rushing touchdowns and like them make the AFC championship possibly the super bowl like it's just set up for him popularity wise with like the league is starting to downfall with the Mahomes treatment because of now two back to back years of not you know producing in the playoffs um brady is always going to be in the conversation but i think he's over the hill when it comes to mvp talk that mv that uh that old line is going to be in some serious trouble for him um and i I think that's that might be it for a rod i I think he's done after this season i don't think they're going to let him go back to back again for for mvps uh just process of elimination i'm going with with josh allen and and his opportunity yeah i'm with you i'm out on aaron Rodgers because it's tough to go back to back so, like, I think you made a good point. There are several factors in, like, an MVP vote. Um, one is how successful is your team, right? If you're a bad on a bad team, you're not going to win it. So you have to be successful at the very least. And then secondarily, I think there's a lot of storyline that goes into it, right? I think Josh Allen is – he is the favorite, and I think he's deservingly so. He should be the favorite. I low-key like the value. I'm just looking down the list to try to find some value. I kind of like Dak Prescott at plus 1,600. Um, you know, he's on quote-unquote America's team, so there's going to be a lot of hype and buzz. He's going to get a lot of TV time, right? That's a, that's important, mm-hmm. right, to have your face in the in the headlines. If the Cowboys play well, he's going to get the credit. Like, it's going to be on him. Yep. So if the Cowboys, and they're a good squad, if the Cowboys finish with 12 wins, 11 wins, and he's had a very good season, I don't see an argument where he wouldn't be the MVP, especially considering they're they're looking at that that division, the NFC East. Say that's a pretty tough division between the, the teams in there. So at plus sixteen hundred, basically you're getting nearly a, a three time payout if that hits over Josh Allen. So like just for value, I think it's yep. worth it. But I agree with you. Like Josh Allen has everything in his favor for him to win the MVP, right? And I don't think he's won it before. So that's also a factor. You know, they like to give it to first time guys. I would like to go with Lamar yeah. at 12, 12, uh, 2000. That was sleeper. But the offensive weapons really aren't there, and I do think they're, the media is going to give pushback to give it to a guy twice unless he's very good. So He I, has the opportunity to be that, though, because, again, contract year, like he doesn't – it's – Essentially, he right. could get franchised. He most likely will get franchised next year. I said that he could show up as like the sleeper. Just all he's got to do is throw thirty passing touchdowns, and it'll it'll quiet everybody up. 
Yeah. There's no one else I really like else mm-hmm. on this list. There's no one else that really gets me. It's not going to go to a running back. So no. like get over that. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's too much of a, they, they just, they need to either keep it as offensive player of the year, best quarterback of the year, or like it shouldn't be MVP because it's no longer going to anybody outside of a quarterback. It's just not that type of league anymore. How do you feel about this one? Like this is interesting. Like as a super deep sleeper, just to throw maybe 10 bucks on it. Trevor Lawrence is plus 8,000. Like he, we know he's a good quarterback based on the projections out of college and his college career. He's on a team that we expect to be much better this year. They have a very weak schedule in Jacksonville. If Jacksonville goes from being like the bottom of the barrel to uh, not a 10 win team and Trevor Lawrence is good, he could be in like a conversation at the very least. And if you're getting plus 8,000 to put in perspective, you would get a 15 times payout over Josh Allen. Like it's it's worth maybe throwing ten bucks and just hoping for the best there. Could be different coaching. Obviously, is going to help him tremendously. Um, I just think when we talked about situation wise, when we say like or storylines, I don't see a nine ten win team producing an MVP in this day and age because right. ten and seven doesn't look as good as ten and six did. Right. I I think I think the one thing that would benefit him if it was a ten win team in Jacksonville is that they went from I think. I don't know. If, I don't know if they have three or four wins last year, but the the improvement factor of like improving mm-hmm. six games could benefit him. I don't know, but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think we we've nailed Josh Allen, Dak, uh, maybe Lamar. Do you? Let's see. Are there any other uh, player props that you like? I was looking at a, a offensive player year, which is different than the quarterback one. Because you were talking earlier, you were like, oh, I wish they just got rid of the MVP because it goes to quarterback. But offensive mm-hmm. player of the year, it's kind of. Uh, an open award where you don't have to be necessarily a quarterback to win this award, right? No, that can be any position. So most likely it's usually a running back or a wide out. Mm-hmm. And funny, Again, that's the secondary drop down for it, which is so weird. Yeah. So like you're talking about running back or wide receiver. So if we're looking at the player props from DraftKings, uh, it goes just like that. Uh, equal odds to win uh, for favorites, Jonathan Taylor and Debo Samuel at plus a thousand. So that means if you bet a hundred bucks, you get a thousand back. There are a lot of good players on this list. Uh, the first mm-hmm. couple are our skill positions. The sixth best is Josh Allen. Anyone here that you like? Because I'm looking at this list. I, I do agree, like a running back, wide receiver. I tend to go away from the running back because they get injured, but you're going to probably get more consistency. Like, you know what you're going to get. It's going to be less variability. I kind of like Derrick Henry at plus 1,400. The, he's the fourth uh, favorite to win this yep. award because we know with Henry, like if he is available and health is going to be the biggest issue with him, if he's available, yeah, keep running him. Exactly, they're going to run him to the ground. And if you just look back one year, obviously he was injured the second half last year. He had over like I think fourteen, fifteen hundred yards. So he's more than capable of having the offensive load to win that award. It's just a matter of health. Yeah. Um, not a bad one. I think my my first two, and I know I, I said it's typically not a quarterback um, trophy or to quarterback award. Uh, so first, I would say I think this value in Justin Jefferson, uh, that foot, I think it's fifteen hundred uh, plus fifteen hundred. New offensive coordinator yeah. um, in Minnesota. Granted, Kirk Cousins isn't the best, but like we understand, like the offense runs through Justin Jefferson down there. Uh, Delvin Cook's going to get his, but he's most likely going to get hurt, like we're all running back. Most running backs do. Um, but the offensive coordinator coming from, I think it was the Rams. We all saw like the types of offense that 
I know um, McVeigh has his hands in it, but you still have to you still have Josh McDaniels per se. You see what I'm saying? Like you still have the offensive coordinator that's running the that's producing the routes for for your team. And we saw what Cooper Cup did last year. I'm not saying that Jefferson's going to have the same style of season. We may not ever see that type of triple threat wide receiver again, leading receptions, touchdowns, and yards. Um, but Justin Jefferson, we know the talent and we know that the style of play calls that they had in, in LA last year. So like, I think there's really good value there. Um, and just because I hate popularity contests, but the league is setting up for the next wave, Justin Herbert um, out in LA, just because like he, if he throw, if he has a season, which he's projected 45 to 50 touchdowns as a third year quarterback, because he's over the sophomore slump, it gives him the opportunity to win that award. And yeah, it's not just an LSU thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Called out. With that it's LSU always going to be about them Bayou Bengals, baby. You know what one's actually kind of interesting? I'm just, I haven't really put a lot of time into this list, but plus 4,000, which is, which is you're going to get good return on investment there. Travis Kelsey. Uh, he's obviously taking over as essentially wide receiver one in a really explosive yes. offense. I know he's a tight end, so he's not going to get the same numbers as like a traditional like number one wide receiver. But if that offense is really good and that team is really good, which I could see both being true, him as the number one scoring threat plus four thousand. I love like good bets like that, like not good bets, but like big returns. Plus four thousand, you could put your money on Justin Jefferson, a hundred bucks if you really like him. Throw ten bucks on a guy like Travis Kelsey, where. Maybe it doesn't hit, but you could see it potentially happening happening if things go right, and you're going to get a huge payout. Yeah, I, I like that um, because again, it's not just the wide receiver one, but like they're going to move him every single place that they can to yeah. get him on the most favorable matchups. Even if it were, <clears throat> you know, if they had Tyreek when they had Tyreek there, like you, you can only move Kelsey's certain areas because then you don't want to put him in a spot where like one guy can cover both of them. So like now they can put him on the solo positions, and if you try to double him, like he's he's gonna muscle a lot of those corners and free safeties. Yeah, I mean, there's no one really. There's a ton of players here. I don't know if there's anyone really else worth mentioning. I thought I thought a weird one, just looking down the list of like I, I don't understand why people are even betting on him. Hunter what Renfro at plus six thousand is getting. <laughs> he's getting better odds than Joe Mixon. He's getting better odds than Alvin Kamara. He's getting better odds than uh, T Higgins, Jalen Waddle, Mike. I. I don't get why oh, why people are hit, hitting that. Was it? Oh my goodness! There was a similar to this, and I know that it was Ryan Clark's podcast. They did an interview with somebody that's playing right now. Can't remember who the player was, and they mentioned Hunter Renfro because he was. Oh, um, Derwin James, okay. corner for the um uh, safety for the for the Chiefs, and they were like, "Yo, who who would you say are the toughest guards in the NFL right now?" And he's like, "You gotta go. You gotta go." Um, Devonte Adams, not Smith. We gotta go, Devonte. Um, he's up there with the goats. Like he'll be one of the best to ever play. Um, he named another receiver. I think he named Cup. And then he's like, "You got it. You got to go with Renfro." And then he kept going. And then like Ryan Clark stopped. And was like, "Wait a minute! Wait, wait a minute! You did not just throw in Hunter Renfro with the likes of Devonte Adams and like Jamar Chase." And he's just like. You don't have to cover him. Hunter Renfro's that dude. So, like, I'm not surprised to see that. Yeah. But, like, obviously it's not going to happen. But, like, he's respected in the league. Mm. He he has been since he came out of Clemson. Like, he was that dude you didn't want to cover because he's just – He was a good at Clemson. Julian Edelman type-ish. Yeah. He's, he's a good route runner, and he's he, 
he's shorter, so he's more shifty. He can, he can cut in and out of routes a lot easier. So, like, I, I couldn't imagine. It must be a pain in the ass trying to cover that guy. Oh, yeah. When he said, I left, and then, like, Brian Clark literally left right after. I was like, wait a minute. You didn't just put him with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> we, finally, we, finally, like we finally got to hit up the uh, Kawhi Sounder. I just want one more because I love it. <laughs> All right. I feel like we got maybe one more player prop in us just because we're getting close on time. Do you want to do mm-hmm. I do you want to do Depoy or offensive rookie of the year? Because I feel like either one you can go and have some fun with. I'm a big fan of the uh the offensive rookie of the Hell year. Hell yeah. I was hoping you would go there because this one's interesting. Mm-hmm. If you look at some of the other betting lines, right? There's like a clear number one and there's like tiers below that. The offensive rookie of the year is really tight. Uh the top, let me see what seven or eight guys are all pretty much in the same same money range. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of uncertainty who's going to win this. Uh, I'll name off the first eight guys. So just to give the audience an idea of what we're looking for, looking through in order of the uh, favorite to uh, the best return. Brees Hall, number one. Kenny Pickett, Sky Moore, George Pickens out of the Steelers. Chris Olave, your guy from the Saints. Romeo Daubs. Uh, Damian Pierce and Jalen Tolbert. So I do think there's some one or two guys below that, that that provide value, but the majority of the betting is going to the top, those top eight and for likely good reasons, because those guys should be the favorites um, mm-hmm. for you, right? Any of those guys, would you put your money on? It needs to be in the top 10. or going to be a guy outside of it. Oh, you want to go deep. No, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I find tremendous value. Out of Kenneth Walker the third, I was going to say think, that that's my guy. Yeah, that is that is a big boy, um, good running back. I think that he, he's got it. He's got a way of being explosive because look, Brees is going to get the ball right. We understand that Brees is going to get the ball in, in New York. Like Pickett, he's still fighting for his spot. I don't. And, um, I don't know about Brees actually because there's been reports that Michael Carter, there uh, from last year, they might they might split. They're saying he's still the, the RB1, and I think they'll probably split. I thought Michael Carter, when he played, was actually a pretty good back. He produced the second half of last season. Is There, there were some sleeper producers in New York. Uh, I don't want to get on a Jets topic again because we did way too much of that. Um, but I, I think, again, the, the the guys that like that leap out at you, like I said, Brees and Kenny, the quarterback situation is eh. Wide receivers that aren't the number one. Like I don't, I'm not saying I don't believe in Sky or George, but like they're – they're okay fill-ins. Pickens is a bully, and Skymore is going to be a kind of wants to be a Ty- Tyreek Hill. But, like, when you get into the Olave Pierce, like, we understand the Texans are going to be a tough team. Tolbert might not be there. That might not be the starter. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is, like, you know, fighting against um, uh, Randall Cobb as a slot receiver. So, like, you get down to, like, Walker area where it's just, like, he's going to get the ball. Like, they're going to continuously run him. It's someone that I, I would trust. Uh, if, again, 1400 four, four, plus 1400 you put like you said a couple bucks on it i think you get extreme value out of that compared to just betting the house on Brees hall yeah uh, or kenny kenny pickett it's so tough because i think there's red flags for any one of these guys right Brees hall we just talked about michael carter being a good uh running back that could take carries kenny pickett's not going to start week one i i think mitch trubisky is better than people give him credit for i think that trubisky will at least get six starts under his belt and people forget that Pickett, while he had a fantastic last year at pittsburgh 
he was very mediocre to bad uh, the first three years. He was he he actually is a twenty four year old. He played all four years, so I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, Sky Moore, like you said, the three wide receiver uh, there in Kansas City. People just love his speed. I think it's more of his name that's really propelling him in the betting odds. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do like either Pickens or, or Olave um, here. I would put my money fifty fifty on Pickens and Olave, and I'll, I'll give you the case why. Uh, we just saw this past Sunday that Deontay Johnson for the Steelers had to leave the game with a shoulder injury. He went up, caught a pass, landed on his shoulder. Um, they had help him to the locker room. So with a, with the shoulder injury, yeah, it's not lower body, but as a wide receiver, you need a good range of motion. Um, it's a mm-hmm. high point balls and catch balls where they need to be. So I don't think he'll play week one at this point. Uh, and then we don't know his status going forward. So you're going to ex- Pickens was the number three. He's then going to be bumped up to number two receiver. Uh, he could have a ton of a ton of volume. And the same thing with Olave. It's the same situation where their number one, um, Michael Thomas, hurt his hamstring uh, about a week back now. I honestly don't know the update on him, but I don't trust Michael Nothing. Thomas to be there all season. So, again, it's a guy who, very fast, Jameis loves to throw the deep ball, could have a lot of volume. So, if, if for me... I'm going maybe 50-50 between those guys. No one else really stands out. I like Damian Pierce for the Texans, but bad offense, and he's going to be in a timeshare likely. Kenneth Walker, I think I love that pick, D. My only concern is that he is injured right now. He hasn't played yet. Um, Well, he Mm -hmm. has played a little bit in the the preseason, but he hasn't played for the past week and a half or so. Uh, So I don't know when he's going to come back to the field, and he's going to have to battle Penny. Rashad Penny. So, obviously, with me saying all this, you can tell I've been deep into fantasy research because I know way too much about random <laughs> players. <laughs> well, I mean, the good thing about it too with the uh, the Seattle situation is like, well, at least for for rookie of the year awards, it doesn't have to go to somebody that plays the whole season. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Chase two was Chess was like, years yeah. ago. Yeah. Huh. No, Chase. Well, was yeah, last well year, actually, but... the the past two years, Chase missed a couple games, and um, Chase, Jefferson missed. I mean, both of them put up huh? historic numbers, though. Like exactly, but I'm saying like you can miss a portion of the season and still come back and still be in the running for rookie rookie of the year. Different than like the NBA, where they cement it as like you know as soon as the draft happens, right? But if you're Kenneth Walker, you're not going to come back and tear up the NFL with that Seattle team, unfortunately. They might trade for Jimmy G. No, I know. I think they just told Jimmy that they're sticking yeah, with him. So like, yeah, he's he's there for another year at San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They need insurance for my pick to be the best quarterback this year, unfortunately. Yeah, he's not going to see the field unless he gets hurt, <laughs> Trey Lance. That's that's for certain. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up. One one more. I know, we, we've been, I know it's yeah. been a long one, man. I feel like we go for another day. but So let's just go to the big one, mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Right now, the betting line, I feel like it just changed, actually, when we're doing the show. Right now, the the Super Bowl favorite to win the Super Bowl is the Buffalo Bills at plus 550, followed by the Buccaneers, Chiefs, Packers, Rams, Chargers. I don't want to go too far down. Uh, 49ers, Broncos, Ravens, Cowboys. I'll stop there. Where are you placing your money? Because for me, I, I'm probably going to look for some, some value here. Uh. A team that I low-key like, I'm just going to roll with it, is the Ravens at plus 2,000. Even if Lamar is is decent, they have a good defense. They should be, in theory, much better with their running game, with the returning of uh, Gus the Bus and uh, what's what's my guy? No, it's it's tough that I'm blanking right now. They're, For the Ravens? Yeah, they're running back that missed all of last JK. year. J.K. Dobbins, JK. thank you. Yeah. So... 
I guess I'm going Ravens. It's got some good juice there, but I don't know. Do you have any idea of where you'd go? Safe bet for me, and this is just because of historic. Um, Kyle Shanahan is a guru. So I think a safe bet if you're just trying to throw some money down on it, 49ers could be a team that comes out. Um, they always have a they always have a really good defense. Debo's back without any issues. George Kittle is still a problem. They got a committee backfield. Shanahan's going to drop plays to make it. To, they made it to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G, and Lance is a better quarterback. Like they have the opportunity to draw up, scheme up, get there. You know, get them to the conference championship. And, I mean, Packers didn't want to play him. Packers got beat by him. Rams didn't want to play him. Rams almost got beat by him. So it's like they're, they're going to be a tough out. So, granted, you can put your money on Buffalo. But, like, if you if we're looking for actual value, like you were saying, like I think I think San Francisco is going to be a, a team that you could potentially get some money back from. Um, and then the sleeper, for me, it's the Saints. Four, plus 4,000. You, you, you think I'm kidding. Look, this is the way it goes. The team returns a top five defense, right? Jameis Winston was on pace to having an envy. Yeah, eating dubs. He was on pace to have a historic Saints season. Like, he was not turning the ball over. He was making excellent decisions under pressure. Kamara's not getting suspended, at least for not 2022. So they're returning, a, they're returning an entire offense. Plus, Michael Thomas, like I said, they're if – Again, this is plus 4,000, mind you. If you get a chance, like you said, throw a couple bucks on it, Dennis Allen could lead that team deep into a, a playoff run. You might as well take those dollars and burn them <laughs> if you're going to bet on the Saints. Just do that instead. Do yourself the favor. Jameis is not going to lead a team to the Super Bowl. Hey, man, we didn't think that Jimmy G could do that, and look what happened. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, you know, we forgot to say this on the front end. So if you're viewing the this, this stream, please find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts and, you know, subscribe, rate and review. We really appreciate that. And likewise, if you're listening to us now on your headset, you don't watch live, you know, check us out on Twitch. It's a I think it, I honestly think the live is a preferred method of, of watching the show because you can actually comment. And like Ty's here, he's very active. Like you become part of the show. So if you're, you know, listening, check us out on Twitch. Uh, it's at dfrizzy underscore frizz. I'll put it. I'll put that link in the show notes. So if you open up the show and the information, you'll find it there. All right, D. I had a good time, man. Did you have a good one this week? Absolutely, man. I love doing this. Like it doesn't matter what part of the year it is. Like we get to get online, talk some sports, talk some shit, have some hot takes that people can hold on to for years. I don't give a damn. It's fun. I love that attitude. All right, guys. We'll see you all next week. Peace out.